besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. To recover from the sports overload weekend we just went through. It can be be debilitating, can't it? (laughs) Oh, my God. Goodness, I mean, it was crazy Saturday when we got through Saturday night. We yeah. got through all the college uh, football on Saturday night, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, I've still got Sunday to get through <laughs> with no the rest. NFL. And I'm like, ugh. No rest. I'll be glad, you know, my, at, at least today, you know, get to take a little step back. We've only got the really the Monday night football game tonight. So get a chance to breathe and recover for – Next weekend. Yep. Spot on. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, let's go away from NFL. Let's go Major League uh, Baseball World Series. Uh, Houston Astro. They've done. They've done the deed. They've yeah. done the job. And uh, Mattress Mick. Well, uh, yeah. Mattress Mac. He's a happy man. He's won seventy-five million dollars. The Houston Astros are winners. Hey. And uh, well, the uh, yep. the bookies are just uh, yeah. There's there's a couple that have been cleaned up. Some sports books that have been cleaned up. Uh, yeah, to name a couple of them, Caesars and Betfred. Those are two of the sports books I saw that, that had some of Mattress Max action. Uh, a whole lot of furniture customers in, in the greater Houston metropolitan area are very happy this morning uh, because they're getting their, their money back on their, yes. their big furniture purchases. Yes, fantastic. So, yeah, it, 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 it's been a good weekend all uh, uh, pretty much all around for – I, on Houston side of things now, again, Caesars, Betfred. I mean, Betfred, they got to be regretting coming into the U.S. market. I mean, they've been in the U.K. market for decades. Uh, they've just recently entered the U.S. market, took a million dollars of Mattress Max action, and it cost them five mil. <laughs> there you go. See, they, and I don't think these Oops. sports picks are going to be saying. Uh, I don't think they're going to be saying keep the change in the morning, are they? Uh, no, I listen. Caesars, they, 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 they kind of took it on the chin too. Yeah. They, they got Max first action at ten to one, and here's the funny thing about Matt, what Mattress Mac has to do to to bet, because he lives in the state of Texas. Yep. Sports betting is not legal in the state of Texas. Correct. So his first bet, he has to get into the, the first bet he made. He had to get into his car, get onto Interstate ten, head east cross into Louisiana where sports betting is legal and he actually plucked down his three million dollar first bet on the Astros at ten to one from a restaurant parking lot. <laughs> Did he really? On his phone. <laughs> yeah, that that's the story I read. Oh <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. Mate, if you're gonna if you're going to be that committed <laughs> to it, I think you deserve to win. Listen, I hope he got a good meal out of it. I hope he picked a good <laughs> restaurant, you know, <laughs> after he put it, or while, while, you know, after he put his order in, that's when he plunked, that's when he, when he whipped out the phone and put down that $3 million bet. And, and to have the bankroll, to be able to just whip out your phone and you got it sitting in your account at Caesars, and, and just to be able to type in three and six zeros and then push bet now. Yeah. Oh, dare to dream. Yeah, dare to dream, all right. Well, well done to him. All right, let Let's get into what happened on the field. It was an Astros 4-1 victory in game six to, to cap it all off. 
And, well, it's, uh, you know, they, they were favourites going into the World Series, into mm-hmm. the postseason, and they've been able to able to get the job done. How did, how did Game 6 play out in, in your eyes, Chris? Well, I'll tell you what, it was a weird situation, and, and the Phillies almost did what I said they had to do. They had to get to the starter. They had to get to, to uh, Framber Valdez yep. to have any shot at winning. It was a pitcher's duel. It was a, you know scoreless through five. Top of the six, Kyle Schwarber hits a Schwarbaum. 395-foot home run to right field. It's one nothing Phillies, and you're thinking, okay, they scratched across a run. Runs are at a premium in this game. You know, this, this is a game that felt like runs were at a premium where two runs may have been, been good enough to win. Okay, that's how close this was. So Phillies have the lead, one nothing. Zach Wheeler comes back out bottom of the sixth. Um, ran into a little bit of trouble. Hit Malden out over the pitch. Uh, got out two eight ground into a fielder's choice, and then Jeremy Pena singled to center, first and third, one out. And manager decides, okay, Wheeler, you pitched well, five and a third. You know, give it up a. Uh, I think what was it? I think he gave up like five, maybe four or five hits at most. Uh, so I mean, he pitched very well. Get it, got into the sixth inning. Okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to the bullpen. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna bring in Alvarado. Let him face Jordan Alvarez. Uh, that did not end well. Leave. Uh, yeah, it was the fourth pitch. It was a two-one pitch, and Alvarez got every single solitary bit of that ball dead center field a no doubter over the sight screen in dead center field and at that point game's pretty much over because now Astros have the lead and they're going into their bullpen and their bullpen has been absolutely unhittable the entire postseason in fact the 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 Phillies did not get another base runner until JT Realmuto singled with one out in the ninth. It's an absolute shutout, wasn't their it? Their last their their last hit before that was the Schwarbaum. Yep. Was the Schwarber home run. Yep. I, the, that bullpen just shut the Phillies down. Game over. Four one. Start party in Houston. <laughs> exactly. You, you right. 106 win regular season. Great run through the postseason. Uh, only only two losses in the postseason. That's an impressive run. Eleven and two in in you know in October and November for the for the Houston Astros in in crunch time in the playoffs. That's a, a very impressive run and a much deserved World Series title and, and a, a great happy note as well. Dusty Baker, one of the good guys in baseball. An absolute baseball lifer. He'd won a World Series ring with the L.A. Dodgers back in 1981. Had had chances. He was the manager of the the San Francisco Giants. They got to a Game 7 of the World Series 20 years ago. He was the manager of the Cubs that had a, had a great team in 2003 mm-hmm. that got beat the, in part because of the Bartman play at Wrigley Field. Uh, go, go Google that or YouTube that and see how a team can collapse when one bad thing happens. <laughs> Dusty Baker was the manager of that team. Manager of some pretty good Cincinnati Reds teams that made the playoffs. 
manager of a, a Washington Nationals team. He got the playoffs. He's taken five different teams to the postseason, but could never win the big one. Comes back to Houston after the cheating scandal co- cost the Astros, old Astros manager his job. He takes over, gets him to a World Series last year, and gets him over the top this year. Dusty's going to get his World Series ring as a manager, and it is well-deserved. And that's it. I think the one thing that I wanted to mention, too, to you as well, Chris, and it's something that with Australian coaches here that, you know, the that there aren't many coaches, you know, in that seniority. Like, he's 73 years old to be able to go and do mm-hmm. what he's done. I mean, it's just – it's an incredible feat. It's an incredible achievement. What, what he's been able to set out and do with Houston. And not just, as you said, get there and win. Get there and, I mean, effectively, I mean, they effectively dominated this postseason, didn't they? Yeah, they, they absolutely did. Yeah, Dusty, 73 years old, oldest manager to win a World Series as well. And, and it's his first one. Uh, I don't know if he comes back next year, if he says, you know what, I've got my ring, I'm good. And he goes off and retires and does whatever the heck he wants. Into whatever the sunset. He, whatever he decides to do, I'm cool with. Into the sunset. But, away you go. Yeah. Sip on a couple of drinks. Have a pina Walk. colada. Away you go. Absolutely. Go play with the grandkids. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly right. Whatever you want to do, he, he, is, he has earned whatever the next thing he wants to do in his life. Uh, you know, with with the way he is. I mean, the man's, like I said, he's been a baseball lifer. He's been in baseball you know, in professional baseball, 50 years. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he, 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 he certainly deserved it. I feel bad for Philadelphia though. I mean, Philly. Yeah. They, they snuck into the playoffs. They had a nice run, but just in general for the city of Philadelphia and Eagles fans may want to, hey, Eagles fans could take this one in two ways. I'll get to it in a <laughs> second. But, uh, Philadelphia had a bad day Saturday. They did. Philadelphia became the first city to lose two championships on the same day. They really. They lost the World Series in Houston. They also lost the MLS Cup final. Oh, I did see LAFC. that. Yes, yes. Gareth, Gareth Bale yeah. stepped up, scored in the last couple of minutes, and then they lost uh, on a, Bale, in a shootout. They lost in a shootout. Yeah. Yeah. Gareth Bale, three. it's 3 2 Philly. In the 128th minute, and Gareth Bale's head found the ball, and the ball found the back of the net to equalize the MLS Cup final, and LAFC goes on, wins the penalty shootout. How sick is that? You lose two chips. you got your hand on two trophies, or at least on one trophy, because I mean, Philadelphia was, was trailing in the World Series. But you've at least got one hand, you know, a hand on one trophy, and within reach of another trophy, and you don't get either one of them. That sucks for Philadelphia. Eagles fans are going to take this one of two ways. Either one, okay, it's November. We got our got the losing out of the way now. Now we're going to roll all the way to the Lombardi in February. Or number two, your name is Wiley Coyote, and the anvil is about to land on your head. I love the Take way you summed that up. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. That's really actually just on that. I just want to rewind and go back to that MLS Cup. Did uh, did LA's keeper not? Did he not snap his leg? Yeah, I heard there was an injury. Yeah, uh, yeah certainly uh, snapped fact, his they leg. Had a, they had a backup keeper. Yes, and yeah, he, and he was the hero. Keeper. He was the hero in the shootout. 
yeah, John McCarthy uh, was the was the backup goalkeeper. Just his second appearance for LAFC. By the way, you know where he's from? Where? Philly. Oh, is he really? He is not. Surely not. <laughs> oh, no. That just adds some salt to the wound. Yeah, it, it, and, and the, the guy who caught that, that made that miracle catch in game five in center field in the bottom of the ninth inning for Houston, that guy's also from Philly. Oh, what, is it, isn't it funny how, how things work that way, Chris? It's just so funny. It's just weird. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe in coincidence, mate. I don't believe in it at all. <laughs> this is proof that the sport gods have a sense yes, of humor. Yes, they do have. They do have and, a very and good and sense usually of humor. it is very, <laughs> usually it is very sick and twisted. Yes, it it is very sick and twisted. I I agree with that. Uh, let's take a quick break, Chris, and then on the other side of the break, shall we get into some? Uh, shall we get into some NFL and into some college ball that uh, that's been played yeah, over the let, weekend? Let's talk. Yeah, let's talk football because there are lots, lots of talking points to get to. Yes, there are indeed plenty of talking points. All right, we'll take a break here on the Overnight Crowd. On the other side of the break, we'll get into some NFL action and into some college football as well with our U.S. sports correspondent, Chris Perkins. You're listening to the Overnight Crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. Text in to uh, to ask any questions or have any opinions you want on anything U.S. sports, 0433 98 11 16. Kerry from Kalgoorlie, I'm going to ask Chris uh, your question about Aaron Rodgers right after this. Yes, it is the overnight crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. Crystal clear through the SEN app, of course, and through your digital radio dials. Paul Sebastiani here in the studios with you, taking you up to 3 a.m. We've got Chris Perkins, our U.S. sports correspondent, on the line, about to get stuck into all things NFL. And, uh, well, uh, Chris, uh, what did you make of this NFL, uh, of, of the uh, of the NFL round thus far? It looks like Tom Brady may have just got out of this little form slump that might have been uh, that might have been knocking him down the last few weeks uh okay you want to start there yeah i think we i think we can start there i think we can start there okay well we'll start with the rams and the bucks that by the way that was cbs's uh national game yesterday so good starting point everybody in the country got to see that game yep. uh i'm, I'm gonna say if you're thinking Tom Brady has gotten over his form slump, let's just pump the brakes a little bit on that. Okay. Because because he was absolute crapola for 59 minutes and 15 <laughs> seconds yesterday. He was. The Buccaneers had nine points with 45 seconds left. They were trailing 13 to nine. When Brady got the ball back in his own end with 45 seconds left and no timeout, and all of a sudden it's like we turned back the clock 15 years (laughs) to Tom Tom Brady during the 16-0 year. They just found a way to win. He just always – he just does it. Even at 45 years old, Chris, he just does it. Uh, And I know – I know he's sort of, you know, in well, he's not. He's, he's towards the end of his career, and he was last season. It was done, and now he's come back. It's just, I mean, what what do you say about this man? What do you say about him? Yeah, it, it was just, it, it was an amazing finish to the 
it was it was an amazing finish to the to a really bad ball game. Okay, now now the thing is, I, I'm going to put a lot of blame on Sean McVay and the Rams coaching staff because their last offensive possession, they had it deep in their own end, and that just looked like a team that was playing not to lose. All right, run the ball on first down, give the ball to Cooper Cup outside. He slides down a couple, three yards short of, of the of the first down marker. Didn't even try to cut it inside to, to, to go get a first down. He just went down. And, and then on third down, you've got a couple of options. Tampa's out of timeouts. Got about a minute and 40 seconds left when, when Cup goes down, or when, when that plays over, when, when the timeout is called by Tampa. You've got a couple of options. You can run it and try to get lucky, get the first down, Mm -hmm. or you can try to pass for the first down, put the game out of reach. The Rams decided to run. That was an ultra-conservative move. They figured, okay, we're going to punt it. Brady hasn't looked good all day. Uh, He's not going to beat us. That was the biggest mistake they could have made because that's exactly what happened. Brady got the ball back. He completes that one long that that first long pass um, to to his tight end, uh, yeah, to his tight end uh, Otten, the rookie rookie fourth round pick uh, for twenty eight yards gets it into LA territory. You're set up at the thirty two, and now no huddle, spike it. Now you can get yourself organized. Three straight passes to the outside goes to Fournette for four. Goes to the left side again to Miller for 14. Goes to Miller again on the outside on the left for seven. And then the final play, the touchdown pass, or, or after an incompletion to Mike Evans with a pass interference penalty, sets him up at the one, uh, hits Kate Otten for a one-yard touchdown pass, nine seconds left, ball game over, and Brady's pulled off a miracle. Bang, and there it but, is. But that's bad, co- that's, that's bad coaching from the Rams. Yeah. You've got to take – you know, at, at worst, you call a pass play. Here's the worst thing that can happen, barring something incredibly weird, okay? You you call a pass play. You tell Stafford, all right, it, if if the pass is not there, you got three yards for crying out loud. It, it was a fourth, excuse me, it was a third and four. So you got four yards to to get a first step. You call a pass play, tell Stafford, you know, set it up for Cooper Cup to gain five yards. If it's not there, tell Stafford to eat it. Don't throw <laughs> the ball away. Eat it. Take the sack. The clock will run anyway. All right? But at least you're making an effort to get the first down instead of handing the ball off to to Henderson. Actually, it was a third and five play. You hand the ball off to Henderson for five yards, or on a third and five, he gets one. That That's way too conservative. Yeah. Uh, even against a against the Buccaneers team that hadn't looked good all day offensively. Yeah, it would seem it would seem that the Rams are just in that mold. It just seems like self preservation mode now and you know, I don't think uh, the Super Bowl defending this the Super Bowl looks looks beyond reach now and I mean playoffs looks like it's looks like it's potentially at, at risk as well. But uh, uh, the question I wanted to ask you, Chris, uh, Kerry from uh, Kalgoorlie, Kalgoorlie Mining, uh, he said, this is for Chris, is uh, Aaron Rodgers, is he done? His team is just not what they used to be and this making it and this is making it harder to succeed. 
but don't take it out on the telephone. That telephone and the misuse of it by your management is why you are in this hole. Maybe that's his problem with the phone. Great win by the Bucks and Brady. Uh, and Brady, great final drive. He's still got it even at 45. What, and we said this uh, a couple of days ago when we last spoke, Chris. If the Lions defeat the Packers, boy, are there going to be questions asked. It's happened. The Lions 15-9 over the Green Bay Packers. And as Kerry, as Kerry asked in Kalgoorlie, what is going on with Aaron Rodgers? And is he done? And are the Packers done? Uh, in a word, yes. <laughs> the Packers are toast. The Detroit Lions came into the game yesterday. They averaged giving up 33.5 points a game. This is a crappy defense they have in Detroit, all right? The Green Bay Packers mustered nine points against the Detroit Lions defense. With Aaron freaking Rodgers as your quarterback. And he threw yes, three interceptions. I know. They three interceptions, two of them at the goal line. That, that takes points off the board. I mean, you know, one of them was in the end zone. One was just outside the end zone. Uh, you, you figure at least six points right there, probably 10 points more likely, that, that was taken off the board. Guess what? It was a 15-9 loss. That, that, that's, that's your difference maker. No. Bray, or, uh, Rodgers, his stat line, 23-43, 291, a touchdown, three picks. All right. Jared Goff should not be beating Aaron Rodgers going 14 to 26 for 137 yards. All right. That just should not be happening. I, yeah. I mean, De- Detroit was supposed to have an improved defense. They haven't shown it all year, mm. uh, but they certainly, they certainly showed up yesterday uh, getting three interceptions on, on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I, I think they're toast. I think the, I think the Packers, they, they are absolutely done. They are four and a half games back in the division with eight games to play. Yep. Going to need an They're absolute, not winning this division. They're going to need a miracle to turn it around uh, as it currently stands. And just based on the form, it's just hard to see them, hard to see the Packers rectifying anything. Okay, let's go, let's go to this Jets versus Bills game. I mean, it, it, it was deemed as Buffalo Bills, you know, that... They were, they were favorites in this game. I think they were about eight-point favorites coming into this game. It was deemed that they're going to be a little bit too classy for the Jets, but the Jets might stick around because they're at MetLife. They've shown good form this season. But the Jets, 20-17 to 17 over the Bills. They moved to 6-3, and three, and MetLife was just it was buzzing. It was absolutely buzzing, Chris. What, what did you make of this game? This, this line closed Buffalo minus 10 and a half. Wow. They were double-digit favorites, Buffalo was, going and into MetLife against the Jets. I want to give you kudos for this one, Chris, because you did say if this was close coming into the final period, that the Jets could definitely get the job done, and you absolutely nailed it. Excuse me. Let me pop my shoulder back into place. I've dislocated <laughs> and patting myself on the back. Sorry. Hang on. Ah, there we go. All right. I feel better. Feel much better now. So what what I said was we were going to learn a lot about the Jets this weekend. Mm-hmm. We were going to learn what the Jets were because we saw what they did, get a, get a, did against New England. That second half was awful against New England. They Zach Wilson looked like an overwhelmed young quarterback last week against New England. And we were going to find out 
A, how good Zach Wilson was, how, 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 how much potential he has. We were going to learn something about him. We were also going to learn about the Jets' defense because they've looked pretty good this year. They've looked great at times, mm-hmm. the, the Jets' defense. We were going to learn about them because they were going up against this high-flying Buffalo Bills offense that has out that has blown everybody's doors off this year virtually. The last couple of years, actually, that that Buffalo has, they have a an elite level offense. Jets held them to 17 points. That's a pretty good defensive performance. And we learned also about Zach Wilson that he is very coachable. Because the mistakes he made against New England, he did not make them Spot on. against Buffalo. Against that Buffalo defense. And the Buffalo defense is a fantastic unit in its own right. All right? He didn't make those mistakes. They took the lessons. He watched the film. That coaching staff, Robert Sala and his coaching staff there in New York, they are teaching this young quarterback, Zach Wilson, how to be a professional quarterback. And they – they, it, it was a learning experience against New England, and he took the lessons and applied them just one week later. Yeah, his numbers were not earth-shattering. He was 18 of 25 for 154 yards and a touchdown. All right, not you know not earth-shattering performance, but 70% completion percentage, and most importantly, zero interceptions. When he had to throw the ball away, he threw the ball away. He didn't try to make too much happen. He lived for the next play and was able to move, you know, be, was able to rally the Jets back. They were down 14-3 late in the second quarter. All right? They were 11 points down in this ball game and Zach Wilson led this team back. That defense, they played their part as well. They held the 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 Bills to three points in the second half, but so to keep him in that game. But uh, Zach Wilson did his job, and, and the running game did did their job as well. Their their game winning drive, um, the the field goal that made it twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. They got the ball at their own four yard line. Thirteen plays, eighty six yards, took six ten off the clock, and it was pound the rock the jets lined up told the bills we're going to take this football and we're going to shove it down your throat (laughs) over and over and over again they just handed the ball off it was robinson up the middle robinson off right guard robinson up the middle michael carter left side michael carter to the left michael carter to the left it was hand the ball off they didn't run a pass play until the and I'm count I got to count this up here. 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9. The 10th play of the drive was the first pass play of, of that entire drive and it was on a third and 5 at the Buffalo 18. They had already they had gone all the way from their own 4 into the red zone. Whatever works, isn't before it? Before they even threw a pass. Whatever works. Unbelievable. I think- I was wondering if they were going to run the whole damn clock out. <laughs> Do you think that? And and I think it's a perfect summation of what you know. Dirty Harry said, "Man's got to know his limitations." And it looked like the Jets just they played within their means. They didn't do anything that was overly amazing, aside from that you know that final sort of drive that they pushed up with those rushing yards. But 
I think you summed it up perfectly with Zach Wilson is that he just played the percentages play by play. I'm not going to try to be what Josh Allen is going to be for the bills and try to, you know, have, have 40 attempts throw for, you know, for 30 to 30 to 35 completed passes, try to hit three touchdowns, just get my runners involved, get my rushing, get my rushing yarders, you know, get, get the rushes involved, get them going. And then we, we try to win the game from there. And I just thought it was looking at the way that the jets broke that game down. I, I, I think it was just, it was simplicity at its best. Yeah, it, it was, it, it was a great game plan. They came in with a plan and they had they made sure Zach knew, don't play hero ball. Correct. If he, if it's not there, don't force it. Get rid of it. Just you know, run outside the pocket, throw it into the fourth row. Whatever you got to do, just live for the next play instead of turning the ball over. The, the coaches always say, coaches in the NFL and football always say you want to end a drive on a kick. Okay. Yeah, obviously you want to kick an extra point and then kick the ball off to, uh, back to the other team. You're okay if it's a field goal, but you're also okay if a drive ends in a punt. The last thing you want to do is throw an interception or have a fumble where all of a sudden defense has to come onto the field, where mm-hmm. a possession changes that way. You always want to end a drive with a kick. And yesterday, the Jets did just that. They were very protective of the football they and they moved it incredibly well, especially that last drive. But I, that that was old school. That was old school football. The Jets played on that last drive. It, it, they lined up and, and just shoved it down the Bills' throat all the way down the field. It I was, did indeed. I, I I haven't seen the Bills' defense look like that in a long time. Yeah, it was. It was maybe maybe it's the maybe it's a little vulnerable side of the Bills that other teams can. Can take advantage of. Just before we get off this uh, Jets-Bills game, uh, someone sent in a text just now that apparently the, the Jets, uh, the spider cam broke during the game. I don't know if you saw that. I, I didn't pick it up, but apparently it broke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the sky cam. They had a 12-minute delay because one of the cables. <laughs> oh, was that what the, the delay was? Above the field snapped. Was that what the delay yeah, that, was? Yeah, that was oh, what the 12-minute okay, delay. Right, right, yep. right. <laughs> okay, yep. okay. There we yeah, go. Yeah, I, I think – I, I I think the Jets put out a an injury report uh, after that said the the sky cam was questionable. <laughs> Somebody tweeted that out yesterday. Very good. That's a, that's very good. I like that. That's made my night. That that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, let's yep, yep, let's yep. let's move yep. away from this Jets and Bills game. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Dean off the text message saying that. Uh, they were lucky to get up, but that's Pat Mahomes for you. Yeah, uh, here, here. How about a stat line here? This is this is like a college stat line here. Okay, Pat Pat Mahomes his his numbers yesterday, forty three of sixty eight for four hundred and forty six <laughs> yards. Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes threw the ball sixty eight times yesterday. He was also their leading rusher. He had 63 yards on six carries and a touchdown. They should just—they should just rename it Patrick Mahomes City Chiefs. I think the way that they go. I, I think—I oh think—I think their rushing players just handed in a uh, handed in their RDOs. Their roster days off for that. They—they uh, they may have. That—that <laughs> <laughs> stat line just. And with that kind of stat line, I would have expected this to be like a 51-49 game, all right? It was 20-17. to 17. 
it, it was just it, I didn't watch a lot of it. Uh, I caught the over. I caught the last few minutes of it in the overtime as well. Uh, but I, this this game was very confusing. I and conversely for Tennessee, uh, Ryan Tannehill didn't start. Um, he's hurt. Malik Willis wound up getting the start. Uh, his passing numbers not nearly as good as Mahomes were. Five of sixteen for eighty yards. <laughs> Derrick Henry was the force, though. 17 carries, 115 yards, and both of Tennessee's touchdowns. But, yeah, Tennessee up 17-9. to Could have closed this thing out, but it's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the only way you can kill off Patrick Mahomes is you have to get him down and drive a stake through his heart. <laughs> even, then he, if he is still even, breathing, even then he'll still get back he, up, drag it he, out, and throw again. Exactly. Uh, so you you got to make sure that that he is well and truly dead before you you celebrate a victory f- against the the Kansas City Chiefs because you know he, he gets that touchdown three minutes to go on, on a fourteen yard scramble uh, that he finds the end zone with and then overtime uh, he made some crazy throws. Uh, Travis Kelsey made a crazy catch on a ball I think that was about four feet behind him. I just reached back and, and somehow grabbed it. Uh, got a first down uh, on that play, kept the drive alive. They wind up kicking a field goal. And then, you know, at that point, uh, it was Kansas City's defense that just said, okay, Malik, throw it. We dare you. <laughs> exactly. And he didn't. Yeah, exactly right. All right, uh, we've only got a couple of minutes uh, left to, to wrap things up, Chris. But uh, I wanted to get on uh, this college football game that was played between Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee and Georgia. It was first versus Third, Tennessee was the favorite coming into this game, I believe. And, well, we've realized now that Georgia is now the number one ranked college football team in the U.S. after a 27-13 to 13 win over Tennessee. Quickly take us through this game. It was uh, it was a game of epic proportions, but uh, the fast start for Georgia is, is what helped them get over the line. Yeah, and uh, listen, the bookies said it was, ten- it was Georgia that was the favorite. That's right. Yes, correct. Georgia yes, was that's eight, right. Eight and a half point despite despite I, being despite in third place. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Tennessee may have been ranked number one according to the committee. The the follow the money. The money usually knows who's the favorite. And mm-hmm. Georgia was the pro, was what was the was the prohibitive favorite by eight and a half, and they covered. Uh, it, it was thorough domination, and you're absolutely right. Georgia, when the next rankings come out, will absolutely – that'll be the easiest decision the committee has to make. Georgia will be the number one team in the country uh, when the committee rankings come out tomorrow night. Uh, that was just thorough domination. 27-13 flatters Tennessee, quite honestly, because they got, a t- they got the touchdown pretty late in the game when it was over. Uh, Georgia, both sides of the ball, offense and defense. The the Georgia defense, I mean, they lost so many guys from their national championship team last year off of the defense. You had to think that they'd take a step back. They haven't. They, In fact, you can make the argument they're better this year down in Athens, Georgia. And they took, they took on a high-flying Tennessee offense and shut them down down for four quarters it it was one it was an incredibly impressive performance for Tennessee it's not the worst thing in the world because you know they've only got one loss they're going to need some help because they're probably going to be about number five in the rankings when when the new one comes out I I think 
Uh, TCU is going to slide into that four spots uh, right ahead of Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee, they may need a little bit of help, but they still got a shot to make the playoff, even if they don't make the SEC championship game, which they're not going to now with, with that one loss. Uh, yeah, still 11 and one uh, with that one loss coming to Georgia. They still got at least a decent shot of getting into the playoff. Um, on, on the other side, the, the, the SEC, they had two monster games on Saturday. Did you get a chance to see, uh, uh, see much of Alabama LSU? I didn't, but you were. T- you, I saw the highlights that uh, that you were sending me through, and uh, that 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 game went into OT, did it not? Was it twenty four? Was it twenty four all in the la- in the last couple of seconds? Yep. Yeah, twenty four all. Uh, LSU and Alabama. They wound up going to overtime, tied at twenty four. And let, let me tell you, it, it the atmosphere at Tiger Stadium. Wow, Death Valley on Saturday night. For an Alabama LSU game, there uh, there are great sports atmospheres all over this world. I mean, El Clasico, a Manchester Derby when City and United are good. Carlton versus uh, a Collingwood. Richmond, Collingwood, uh, a Richmond Collingwood uh, preliminary final at the MCG, and I say prelim final instead of the grand final because <laughs> the grand final is just too damn corporate. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll put I'll put any of those atmospheres up against LSU, Alabama, Death Valley on a Saturday night in Baton Rouge. I'll put any of those atmospheres up against that and feel good about my chances. You had 102,000 in there, mostly clad in purple and gold, and they they didn't leave disappointed. LSU pulls the upset on Bama, 32-31. Brian Kelly... Uh, Alabama scored an overtime, kicked the extra point, made it 31-24. LSU answered back, got a touchdown. Brian Kelly said, screw this double overtime thing. We're going for two, win or lose. We're playing to win. And they did it. They got the two-point conversion to beat Bama 32-31. Just an incredible football game. And you saw the crowd afterwards. The I, there might have been more people on the field after that win than in the than were left in the stands. It, it was a sea of people on the on the floor of Tiger Stadium Saturday night after that win. It was incredible, crazy stuff. Uh, just before we let you go, Chris, uh, who challenges Georgia at the top for this uh, for this for, for college football? For this season, they look the clear standout at the moment. But oh. you know, Ohio State was ranked, you know, two coming into this and defeated Northwestern twenty-one to seven. But just off the top of your head, before we wrap it up, uh, who who challenges Georgia up the top? I don't know if anybody can. I mean, mm. Ohio State this week they scuffled with Northwestern in the cold and the rain in Evanston, twenty-one-seven. Very ugly Michigan, win. They're probably yep. going to be. They're probably going to be number three in the in the rankings tomorrow night. They struggled for a half at Rutgers before pulling out, pulling away, blowing them out in the second half. So Michigan will probably be number three. I don't know if either one of them can compete. I don't think TCU can. Uh, maybe if Alabama slides back in, but Alabama is a two-loss team, considering no two-loss team has ever gone to the college football playoff in the eight-year history of it. Uh, I don't like the chances of that happening. Uh, I, I think it's Georgia's to lose. As long as they stay focused, there's a prohibitive favorite, Georgia is. 
Yep, I think that's. Uh, I think it, it completely makes sense, and the the way that they dominated the game against Tennessee has them as a deserved favourite. But uh, Chris, mate, pleasure joining you for another night and having a chat about all things uh, US sports, and uh, I'm sure we will uh, we'll do it again uh, throughout the re- throughout the week. And looking forward to doing it when uh, when I'm back on on Friday night as we prepare for another big weekend of NFL, college football. NBA as well. There's there's plenty going on, but uh, pleasure doing yep. it with you again, mate. Yeah. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention: uh, Tom Brady made history yesterday. First quarterback over one hundred thousand career passing yards. Oh wow! That's regular just... season and postseason. <laughs> there you go. A hundred thousand <laughs> yards. That's crazy. Isn't I don't it? think that's ever going to be broken in our lifetime, Chris. I, I highly, highly, highly doubt it. But uh, mate, uh, you go, go enjoy uh, go enjoy the day over there in the states and. Uh, Happy driving, and uh, we'll chat very soon. Sounds good. You have a good night. You too. There we go. Chris Perkins, our U.S. sports correspondent, joining us on the line, as he always does in the final hour of the overnight crowd. We'll be back to wrap it all up after this. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.